Welcome to Empowered by Hope, a new podcast where we share our insights, optimism, and enthusiasm for medicine and all its possibilities. In each episode, we'll dive into the health and medical topics that matter most to you, our listeners, right here in Orange County, California. And welcome back. Today, we are talking about chronic pain, specifically chronic back pain. And we're joined by Dr. Charles DeMesa. He is a physiatrist and pain specialist at Hoke. Doctor, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, let's yeah. start with a broad question. Um, can you sort of describe chronic back pain for us? Sure. Um, well, first of all, it's important to know what back pain is. So back pain is typically relegated to the back. And so that includes underneath the last ribs all the way up okay. until underneath the belt line. And so that's what we call axial low back pain. Sometimes it can extend into the thighs, but mainly it's left in that area. It becomes chronic when it's greater than 12 weeks, and that's when it can become debilitating. Okay, important there, the 12 weeks is sort of what determines in your world what is deemed chronic. Correct, yes. And many times we'll, we'll see patients try to self-treat for, for a prolonged period sure. of time, and, and maybe they're not able to manage it after maybe an injury and or other overuse situation. And we hear all the time, you know, oh, my back hurts or I've got back pain. And when... When is it time to like seek out someone like yourself as opposed to what you were just talking about? I'm trying to manage it on my own. I think it's when we see sort of what we, te we, what we term our red flags. So certain things that are accompanied by the back pain. So for example, the back pain is no longer limited to the belt line and it extends all the way beyond the knee. And okay. so you have pain that's going down the leg. It may be a back pain that wakes you up at night or um, is associated with unintended weight loss. It could also be a situation where you notice some swelling or redness in the back. These are all um, concerns and certainly something where uh, one would seek medical attention. So you mentioned some of the other parts of the body there. What else can be impacted when you have chronic back pain? I think, you know, overall mental health can be affected. Sure. Um, you know, um, pain can be quite fatiguing. In fact, there's been studies that show that people that suffer from chronic pain have a decrease in the gray matter. And the gray matter mm. of the brain is very, very important. It is part of processing. And so people may have difficulty with uh, thinking, collecting their thoughts, learning new things, and really just processing their, uh, their daily ability to problem solve. That then interplays with uh, physical deconditioning because um, when you're when you're in a lot of pain, you don't really want to move, and so your joints begin to hurt. Uh, the muscles get a little weakened, and um, even the nerves start to ramp up a little bit. When we have physical deconditioning, we'll see that the cardiovascular system then begins to be affected, and so often we'll notice that people in, with chronic pain, because of the way things are processed, it also begins to affect the cardiovascular system. Therefore, blood pressure can can increase. And um, and certainly that then leads to its own uh, issues. Fatigue is common, uh, decreased amounts of sleep. When there's less sleep, then the individual is not able to really recover the following day and mm -hmm. recuperate. And that leads to more deconditioning over time. So it's almost like a cyclical, yeah, yeah like a cyclical, you're, you're burning from both ends of the rope so to speak. And, and that then starts to affect emotions and the ability to carry out your day. I, I think a lot of times too, we have this term called kinesophobia where 
patients that suffer from chronic low back pain, they'll be scared of movement. They won't mm-hmm. want to move because they think maybe I'm going to have it worse. And so that becomes problematic and catastrophizing. In other words, if I do move, I'm really going to pay for it. So I, I should really not do that. And and so it starts to really, really begin to affect their quality of life. And, and even those around them, uh, people start noticing it. So quality of life, and the term again is kinesiophobia? Yeah, kinesiophobia, like uh, scared of movement yeah. or or fear of movement uh, because of the thought or the mere thought of injury or, or harm uh, to one's own body. And many, time it can, many times it can manifest in different ways. And so it's, it's important to really address pain before it becomes chronic and understand the relationship of how to prevent pain from occurring, especially low back pain. And I'm sure there are different cases. It's different for everybody. But in that case that you were just describing of not moving, can that actually make things worse? Absolutely. When um, when you have low back pain, especially if it's acute, it's not recommended to just have bed rest. What is uh, recommended is to have uh, some form of movement. We know that uh, the deconditioning can lead to to muscle wasting and even just the poor health overall. And so, really, we want people to to kind of kind of move and also, you know, use aids as needed. So if 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 you respond well to either ice or heat compress, those can be very beneficial. Having a, a regular uh, exercise routine, healthy diet, these are all important and integral in in managing pain. So let's move into the treatment side, and and you know, as part of your title, I mentioned pain specialist. So can you describe a little bit about what you do, how you do it, and then what types of of treatments are available? Sure. I would say that many times the treatment is multimodal. And so we often think about things, uh, again, from the preventative standpoint. We also think of things from the non-pharmacological standpoint, meaning not many medications. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we would use medications when they are appropriate. Interventions or injections you may have heard of and other other forms of therapy. But basically, fundamentally, we look at lifestyle. And so that includes things like healthy nutrition for, you know, for the back, for the spine, for overall health. And often we see these in things that our mother always told us, right? So it, you know, sit up and Mm -hmm. uh, stand up straight, Mm -hmm. eat your fruits and vegetables. And many times uh, there are a lot of powerful antioxidants and minerals that we find in our usual whole foods. And those include things like uh, green leafy vegetables that have things like calcium or have calcium and or either help you absorb calcium better. There's also uh, nuts and different items like legumes, which help in terms of providing the broad array of protein sources for, for keeping healthy vitamin B12 for the nerves, also found in many fruits and vegetables, for example. And so here, that's first and foremost. There's also getting regular muscle strengthening and stretching activity at least twice a day is what would be recommended. I'm sorry, at least twice a week is what would be recommended is is sufficient, but also aerobic conditioning is very helpful. So those are really the preventative things that can do. And when you're lifting, obviously do things like bend your knees, keep your back straight, and really avoid lifting really heavy things. Those are those are things that will, you know, really take you a long way. In addition to prevention, we look at guided therapy, so physical therapy, to really learn how to activate the muscles that are necessary to prevent further strain, uh, further injury, disc issues, Mm -hmm. 
or uh, joint issues. So that's very important. Uh, also getting some treatment in terms of acupuncture for those people that have chronic pain. There are uh, evidence basis for, for acupuncture when used appropriately. You know, and that's something you guys offer there as it, a non-operative treatment? It, it is part of the non-operative uh, treatments that are available. In addition to that, you know, we look at an intervention. So some people, maybe their pain is a little bit uh, too severe and chronic where sometimes they would need an additional help. And in, in those cases, that's when we start thinking about either some medications mm -hmm. that may help for nerve-related pain versus nociceptive or, or even somatic pain. And after that, we start thinking about interventions. And so those may be things like uh, joint injections or uh, spinal interventions, things like to address the facet or the joint pain of the spine, and even things that help for the nerve-related pain, things like epidural steroid injections. Those are both diagnostic and they can be therapeutic in many instances and help guide further treatment if necessary, including surgery if necessary. Okay, so diet and exercise on the prevention side, and then some some great non-operative treatments there available um, when it comes to treatment if necessary. Absolutely, and we're learning more and more about the non-operative treatments and just about the anatomy and science. And so, things like vertebral and plate generated pain or, or pain uh, from a vertebrogenic source, those were not known, you know, decades ago, but now they are known, and now there are treatments that address it through which our pain colleagues can can help our, you know, spine surgical staff. There's also the field of neuromodulation. And so this is like using electricity to short circuit the pain centers so that, Interesting. yeah, we can modulate the pain at the spinal cord level and prevent it from uh, being perceived so uh, significantly and, and affecting a person's quality of life. Chronic pain really is is a challenge because we know that all of those factors do, in fact, affect mental health, emotional health, mood, and they're really increasingly a burden to the individual. But even from a population health level, uh, you're looking at over $250 billion in terms of economic impact due to the costs of, of, um, of the burden of, of, of low back pain. And when you're looking at direct costs, even, that's at around 140 plus billion indirect costs. And those are based on information and data from either uh, private or commercial insurers, direct out of pocket, and also governmental sources. So large, large costs. And I heard you mention it there, but your goal, really, high quality of life, that's what you want to get your patients back to. Exactly. High quality of life, really decreasing pain interference, because intensity is one thing when the pain is very intense, but oftentimes we'll hear our patients mention, you know, I just, I used to be able to do this, but I can't. I wanted to play pickleball, but now I really can't. I have to change what I have to do. I, I'm, I can't do my errands. I can't garden. Those are things that in the past didn't used to bother them. And what we know now is if we were able to be experts in diagnosing and treating the condition, the pain can get better. And when the pain gets better, there's a flip side to that story about how the gray matter can, you know, lessen. Yeah. You can actually regain that back. And it's, it, and it's getting to the point of treating it holistically, getting the patient back. 
and you'll find that you can actually restore many of those things I mentioned earlier. Well, we appreciate what you do, and we thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Dr. Charles De Mesa. He is the Chief of Interventional Pain, Physical Medicine, and Rehabilitation at the Hogue Spine Center and Director of Chronic Pain and Neuropathy Program at the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute. His primary focus is non-operative and minimally invasive treatments of the spine. He treats acute and chronic spine pain without using opiates, as well as musculoskeletal neuropathic pain conditions such as chronic pain and neuropathy. Dr. DeMesa's expertise allows for a holistic patient experience. At Hogue, he facilitates exceptional coordination of pain care within the Hogue Spine Center and multiple institutes and programs. Dr. DeMesa is double board certified in physical medicine and rehabilitation and pain medicine by the American Board of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. He is a current member of American Board of Anesthesiology and the American Academy of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. Dr. DeMesa received his osteopathic medicine degree from A.T. Still University, Kirksville College of Osteopathic Medicine and went to Maimonides Medical Center for his internship. Dr. DeMesa completed his physical medicine and rehabilitation residency and served as the academic chief resident at Baylor College of Medicine, University of Texas. He completed his pain medicine fellowship at the University of California, Davis. We thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review, and subscribe to catch all our future episodes. For more information on Hogue or to book an appointment, visit hogue.org. That's H-O-A-G dot org.